Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz trumpeter and composer Danny Jonacucci. We talked about his new 2023 CD, Voices. It's his outside of music label debut as a band leader in celebration of the enduring power of collective artistry and the boundless possibilities of vocal expression featuring a stellar 17-piece big band. He first moved to New York City a decade ago, initially developing the concept for voices upon meeting the 17 masterful musicians that now populate the impressive big band he leads. We cover some great ground in this interview. Enjoy. Cool, man. Well, hey, it's great to meet you. I've really enjoyed the album, and I would mm-hmm. I would love to get into voices, but before I do, how did you survive COVID? I know it did its city on the music community how did you survive that time period and how does it feel to have an album coming out now yeah that's a really good question um it was definitely a difficult time i live in brooklyn um i'm originally from california so it's kind of far from home family and things like that um but i uh i spent the first couple months of the um pandemic kind of reeling the losses of more and more shows, big festivals that were canceled, a lot of opportunities that I've been looking forward to for all of the uh, the year and really stuff that I had planned even since 2019. Um, so that first for a couple months, I was, I was really getting down. I just, things were um, not really happening, but I, I kept optimistic and I kept writing. And after a few months, I decided, you know what, I really want to make the most of this time. It seems like we're in it for the long haul. And I just started to uh, to actually go back to school and get a, a master's degree in composition. And I studied at Queens College with uh, the great Michael Philip Mossman, amazing trumpet player and composer. And it was the smartest decision I've made <laughs> in my adult life to go study with him and spend two years just honing the craft of writing because it was something that was so easy to do from home. Didn't require, you know, it's always great to have your music played, but really I was able to get constant feedback from him um, on a daily basis on my writing and um, had all the time in the world to write. So <laughs> it was really kind of, uh, you know, making the best of a bad situation. Um, so I was really fortunate to, to work with some, some great masters of writing and to study with some people um, as well as like John Clayton and uh, Darcy James argue. I was just taking lessons as much as I could. So, yeah. So what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot. I think that there's a lot of um, respect for the tradition of vocalists performing with big bands. Um, it's something uh, that I've always loved, kind of that um, that combination of a really expressive vocalist backed by, a, you know, an entire 17-piece band, but also the relationship with the writer who's who's really trying to shine a spotlight on the vocalist and the band um through the arrangements so i'm hoping that people hear a lot of the history of vocals with big band a lot of references to a lot of classic records but also i hope that they hear some new voices hopefully that they haven't heard before and maybe some that they have and already love and and can really just fall in love with this genre all over again with with people in new york city that are out here doing it making a living doing it touring performing and um really really shining so how did this jazz journey begin for you? Take me back to where you were born and raised, you know, some early influences and why you picked music. Absolutely. So I, I was uh, born and raised in Agora Hills, California. It's a 
you know, it's about an hour northwest of uh, Los Angeles. And uh, out there, there were a lot of really incredible um, studio musicians and big band musicians that were really seminal in, in the big band years and, and touring. And so a lot of my early mentors were really just these, these legends of big band music and performing. And I, I didn't even realize how lucky I was at the time, you know, kind of growing up in, in these incredible architects of the music were just around you know they were always trying to educate they were always trying to be a part of you know the school jazz systems and trying to teach privately um so it was a really inspiring thing to be around them and to learn about this music through people that actually did it and uh you know they they pretty unanimously said you know if you really want to do this thing you know the jazz uh world you should move to new york city eventually so i kind of always had my sights on moving to new york at some point, um, so I did move to the East Coast when I was 18, um, when I went to college at uh, Temple University and studied with the great Terrell Stafford, trumpeter, also the program director at Temple University. So, um, you know, kind of my big band journey took off uh, moving to the East Coast, and then I moved up to New York City after that. So kind of been a wild ride, a lot of great mentors and, and people that have shown me how to, to play this music and uh, I'm hoping that all of that kind of gets captured in this album. So, you know, for something that you picked, you know, that, that is really hinged a lot on live music, what was the first live show you saw, live jazz show that blew you away? <laughs> That's a really good question. There was a lot of great big band music, actually, that was brought um, to me, um, even in Southern California. Um, some really great concerts that I remember. I saw uh, Gerald Wilson's. Uh, jazz orchestra play um, not too far from my hometown. Uh, that was an incredible experience seeing Gerald Wilson conduct. I remember seeing Gordon Goodwin's big fat band perform. Um, yeah, that was really seminal, as well as um, seeing the Clayton Hamilton uh, jazz orchestra. And I remember I saw them when I was probably just a freshman in high school. And one of my mentors, Ira Napis, uh, the lead trombone player for that uh, orchestra, he invited me backstage and he said, I really want to introduce you to somebody. And I had no idea who he was talking about. And uh, just as a young trumpet player, I was very excited. And I get backstage and, and he just brings me into the green room and it's just me, him, and the one and only Smithy Young, um, the incredible lead trumpet player from the Count Basie Orchestra and so many, so many other things. And um, I got to just chat with Smithy for a long time. And uh, he really took the time to just chat with me, a young trumpet player. And I'll never forget that moment, really. It was just like meeting one of my heroes and the legends of creators of this music um, was so inspiring at a young age to really be exposed to that kind of level of, of uh, musicianship. So, you know, you've dedicated your life to this, and I'm curious, what is it that you enjoy the most about this process of being a, a professional musician, you know, between recording and, you know, promoting and live music and all that? What is it that motivates you the most? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons I love jazz. I think um, for me, <clears throat> the elements of swing, the rhythm of swing, the joyful celebration that is that rhythm um, combined with improvisation um, really has always stuck with me. Those two elements, um, I think the rhythm that really, really drives as well as um, just being creative and in the moment um, combined with, you know, more structured things like arrangements, it, it really, to me, just allows everybody to be so self-expressive. And even with, you know, a record like this, where there's 33 people, um, 
there's not a lot of opportunities for such individual playing to come through in the music, um, but still have such a large organization of people. It really has a lot of give and take. Everybody's bringing something to the table, but um, we still have something that's very cohesive. So that's always something that's stuck with me and, and, and uh, been very interested in exploring. If you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see any live performance, live jazz performance, where would you go? What would you love to see live? Oh, that's a really great question. <clears throat> There's so many things. I think it would be hard for me to pick one thing or even one year era. I think that that question gets tossed around a lot. Like what year would you go back to? Um, yeah, there's, there's so many things. I think there's a lot of, you know, like early Louis Armstrong things and, 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 and Duke Ellington performances that maybe we don't have recorded or we don't have, um, you know, documented as well. I mean, I would love to go back to Ellington and Newport and, and experience that live, that excitement. Um, but there, yeah, there's so many things that we just weren't really documented. A lot of performances, um, from the early years that we, we just, we don't have. And I feel like I would want to see that in person. Um, so yeah. So Danny, if anyone out there wants to pick up the album, anything about live shows, anything pertaining to your world, where is the best place for people out there to, to find that out and go to it? I'm hoping that uh, this album is as easy to find as anything these days, that, you know, whatever, wherever people are finding their music these days, that's the best place to find it for them. Um, it should be pretty much anywhere. But, of course, um, we have this tour coming up. We're going to be playing in uh, New York this weekend at Birdland. We're going to be playing in Tucson at the Century Room going down to Texas to play at Monks in Austin and uh, Jazz Texas in um, San Antonio, Vibrato in L.A. We're going to be playing in Philadelphia. So I, I would recommend people hear it live because, like I said, I think the live element of this music is the most important thing. And hearing the voices live um, is something that's truly special, especially because we have so many special guests lined up to sing at these shows. Um, it's some people that sang on the record. It's some people that didn't sing on the record. Um, I think that these are going to be some really special moments so people can make it out. And, you know, obviously I can't make it everywhere with a big band right now, but I'm hoping that we can explore more opportunities and bringing this, this project around to, to more people um, to experience it live. Man, Danny, thank you so much for opening up. Again, I really enjoyed the album. I'm looking yeah. forward to profiling it on the show. So thank you for your time and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a really pleasure chatting with you, and, and I'm so, so happy for the support. And, um, yeah, I just hope everyone enjoys the music. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Danny for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.